Welcome to Fashion at Central St. Martins, a podcast series bringing you stories from the fashion programme of our world-renowned college, which is part of University of the Arts London. Among the voices on this podcast are alumni such as milliner Stephen Jones, designer Mary Catran Sue, photographer Campbell Addy, and editor Joanna Liu, a varied range of acclaimed fashion creatives whose talent was nurtured by the college. Designers, educators, writers and photographers share their memories and insights, reflecting on how Central St. Martins has provided them with the skills and the courage to interrogate, challenge and reshape the world of fashion as we know it today. Episode 3, Pioneering Change. In this episode, we'll talk about fashion as a tool for leveraging global change with Dimitra Petzer, Campbell Addy, Daniel W. Fletcher, Alubi Thomas, Mary Katranzu, Matty Boven, Joanna Liu, and Fabio Pires. Fashion is renowned as a source of inspiration. For Athens-based designer and performance artist, Dimitra Petza, of namesake brand, De Petza, it's a tool for healing as well. I think fashion should be a healing process, I think. And the fashion itself, I think, requires a lot of healing in the sense of uh, sustainability and, you know, inclusivity and how things are done. I think, you know, fashion is something so beautiful and so pure, especially when I think about how it is in the sense of, you know, my grandma's experience. Like, but that's the real, like, that's, that's the real fashion for me. And I kind of feel like we have, gone away from that in a way in many ways actually so yeah I think there's a lot of healing that needs to be done in fashion but also like with women and how they have interacted with fashion in the past um so yeah you know I think there needs to be more body acceptance and more embodiment I think embodiment is a very big thing that I I work with because Yeah, I think fashion and art is such an amazing tool for that. British Ghanaian photographer and filmmaker Campbell Addy also sees fashion as a remedy of sorts. This has allowed him to produce groundbreaking work for publications such as Dazed, Vogue and The Wall Street Journal that challenge the status quo and shine light on marginalised communities. First of all, I use my platform mainly for myself because I think in order to help others, you need to have an understanding of self. So a lot of my final year projects, Knee Journal and Knee Agency, although they were vehicles to bring community together, it was also a healing, a healing process for myself. And then once I started healing myself, I thought about how, how best can I help communities that I inhabit, whether it's queer communities, whether it's black communities. So I started Knee Agency with Dwara Lean and I found her years of BA because being a photographer at that time, I was, you know, looking, I was going down the traditional routes of like, okay, I need a cast, I need to email my name, she used, you know, ABC. However, I kept being met with Comments like, oh, we don't have anyone, or I'd ask for a natural hair girl, and they'll send me a blonde girl, and I'm like, I know she's naturally blonde, I'm meaning a naturally black girl. 
And if they did have black girls, they could only do certain jobs. It wasn't like, you know, they could only do top-end jobs. They couldn't do testing and things like that. So, starting near, I thought, do you know what? It'd be great to have a space where all of these, you know, quote-unquote, alternative models or black models or interesting models allowed to, you know, be seen as just models and, you know, provide a space where they don't feel marginalised, they feel, you know, um, rep- they feel represented and feel seen. And that's what I wanted to do with me. And that goes for all races and genders. When it comes to considering points of change and who the change makers are in fashion today, for Dimitra Petza, it's about continuing to ask questions within a changing landscape. Definitely more sustainability, because I think that's a pressing issue. Um, I think more inclusivity. Um, and okay, that can be um, that can be done in an honest way, but also in a dishonest way. But at the end of the day, I think the more people we see like that, the better it is for the consumer, for the people who do interact with fashion at large. So I think that's a positive. Um, I would really like to think and see that more and more people are gonna, you know, focus on traditional craftsmanship, just because that's something that's very dearly in my heart, but I don't know if that's gonna be the case. Um, but yeah, I think I, I see a lot of things happening in fashion that are sort of changing, but I think, you know, what do you consider change in fashion? Is it what the big brands are doing or is it more what the starting brands and the young designers are doing in London? So it's kind of like a, a weird thing to define in a way. But um, I, I do think that I see more and more kindness and inclusivity and sustainability in fashion at large. Recently graduated menswear designer Daniel W. Fletcher likes to comment on contemporary political issues through his designs, encouraging conversations and change, especially among his younger customers. For me, one of the most important things is to encourage conversation. I never want to push my opinions and thoughts down other people's throats. Like even with the Brexit collection, which was very kind of in your face, like I wanted to remain. Um, I wanted to encourage other people to remain. But the thing that I wanted to do first and foremost was encourage people to have that conversation to talk about it. And this video that we made for that collection um, showed this group of um, boys who were obviously living in like inner city London, like getting on a bus and driving out of the city and like going to the countryside and like putting up their placards in the middle of like a field in like a small town and saying that said stay um and the idea behind that was it was kind of like listen to the youth it was like listen to the young people of britain who this is really going to impact their future like i wanted to have that conversation rather than me being like this is why i think we should say it was more stay it was more about okay listen to what the youth want because actually they're the ones who are going to have to live with this for the rest of their lives and um i mean as we can see it's not gone particularly well has it just think if some of these huge mega brands would stand up and take accountability and make changes themselves then because i think on the smaller level we're doing it you know like i'm saving up my scraps from the factory floor and it's in the studio and making patchwork quilts from them obviously that is making a difference but can you imagine if nike did that can you imagine if zara did that like can you imagine how much waste those brands are producing 
like it's obviously a huge undertaking to do something like that to be like saving all the scraps and like sewing patchwork blankets and yeah maybe there's only a certain amount of patchwork blankets that people want to buy but there are other things that you could do as well but if you just imagine the sheer amount of waste that is produced by this industry and the impact that that's having on our planet then we're not going to have a planet in in the future if we don't don't do something about it now um so what i really want is for those those big brands to start making the changes as well um and yeah it's great to say like we're making our t-shirts out of organic cotton but that's like one small step in in a huge marathon of things that need to be done menswear designer alubi thomas uses his designs to vocalize and action key societal conversations and personal narratives I feel the fashion is for me is like another it's like another tool or another form of expression and specifically it's an expression that's tied like with the body and then with the body you have identity and in terms of identities like it's it's a sort of vehicle in which you can tell stories and tell narratives and sort of communicate anything you want actually don't let them say anything so you can communicate anything you want and you know it's it's people people can see it they can understand it and you know they can sort of yeah it's like it, it resonates with like a lot of people so therefore it's a really good tool and obviously right now a lot of people like they're you know, the things that they're talking about or the, or the things that they're expressing, some of it isn't so positive. And with that, then, you know, people sit up or there's a focus on things and there's a sort of like an understanding that like, oh, that thing that that person's speaking about needs to change because actually they're not the only ones that are saying this thing. Like a lot of people are. And in that sense, it gives people sort of voice, I think. Designer America Transu likes to make a statement. Since her groundbreaking debut collection in 2009, she continues to pioneer by breaking free of the traditional show formats. For her spring-summer 2020 collection, she travelled to her homeland of Greece, exhibiting her collection at the ancient temple of Poseidon. Even just emotionally how fulfilling it was uh, to design a collection that would be dedicated to that charity, you know, because that goes beyond us supporting a charity. We've done that before and a lot of my contemporaries uh, do that. And of course, we all try to use our platform for good. Um, but what was different this time and may and changed my entire um, thinking around a show um, and what it should signify was that we created a collection um, whose purpose wasn't to sell. It was never meant to be a commercial collection. We take, took a huge uh, commercial risk because we skipped an entire season because logistically there was no other way to do it because we would be selling in September and the show was the 3rd of October. So anyway, we couldn't go around that. And for me, it was a love letter to Greece, a homecoming of sorts because I'd never done anything in Greece. Um, and we wanted the collection itself to be able to re be respectful of the location, the Temple of Poseidon, to also uh, be dedicated to ideas that were birthed uh, at that time in Greece, which was for 450 BC, and for that to be, again, dedicated to this important cause. So everything about it wasn't really, um, you know, uh, 
let's say, the context to create a commercial collection. So we completely uh, forgot about that and, and really designed a collection that was appropriate to the location and to that cause. And it was extremely liberating, I think, for all of us to, for a season, step back and do uh, a project based on love. Um, and it also was extremely fulfilling because it was one of the most difficult shows to do. We had to do the entire fundraising to be able to achieve that show. Um, logistically, it was impossible. Um, but knowing that we could use our platform, as you said before, to voice something bigger than fashion and to use that beauty to create a, a collection that will be evocative, but evocative in a different way, I think changed my whole perspective on shows. Designer Matty Boven uses a multitude of cross-cultural references as a way to push boundaries through his work. I, well, I really was inspired by seeing the students last week at the St. Martin's BA show. I want to see kind of people's vision for the world, you know, so or I, I want to see like these characters. I want to see people really embracing, pushing what we know of as fashion. I think really I want to see, you know, intrigue. I want to see story. I want to see... Uh, you know technology I want to see cinematic sort of references I don't know I just want to see people's own personalities but like you know in a really clear way and I think with the students I saw mm. last week it was just amazing the sort of world building they'd done even in one look they only got to show I kind of got such a flavour of it so I think that's that's such an inspiring thing I think in that respect. While for photographer and filmmaker Campbell Addy it's about political references so long as they are coming from a place of authenticity. I think it's great to politicise work, but only if you yourself are involved in said politics. I think there's a lot of trend where it's like, oh, let's make our work political, but it's like, but do you really, are you down? <laughs> are you down with the cause? Other than this one display on Instagram. But I think fashion communication is an amazing tool that can push, push great agendas and, you know, shift mindsets. And I think it should continue to. And I'm an escapist at heart, but I'm also a realist. My life is affected by a lot of contributing factors, but I think put it in the work, you know, because the work will, you know, when we're long gone, the work will still be there for the next generation to to progress it. So I think, and I think trial and error, I think we need to be more forgiving. Through trial and error, yeah, we'll make mistakes, but we'll get to the goal someday, I hope. Joanna Liu, editorial director of Harper's Bazaar China, considers what a consumer wants and needs from a fashion magazine today. When the COVID broke out, fashion has become less important to many people. It's really not the only thing that people care about. Um, Especially today, when the world is spread in front of you on the internet, there's so many things far more attractive than just fashion. So as a fashion publication, I think we really need to speak to our readers by understanding the way they live and the things they care, not just their consuming life, but also their spiritual needs and, and their interests out of fashion. Um, fashion is no, no longer worshipped today like they used to be in the sex and city age, you know. It, um, 
if you want to speak to your readers, if you want to speak to new readers, you have to find their language. You have to find what they care and to, to reach them with the language that they like to use. Being bold and making a difference, but not forgetting to have some fun with it, are qualities both milliner Stephen Jones and designer Alubi Thomas share. Well, hopefully every time anybody puts a hat on, their lives a change for the better. He said somewhat arrogantly. But I think, uh, you know, hats have got to be about having a good time. My hats are, I hope my hats were always about having a good time. That's how I started out, because I was sort of a club kid, really. And even though I was doing fashion at St Martin's, I was really a club kid. And the hat was about, you know, looking fabulous on the dance floor. Maybe giving you the confidence that otherwise you would not have. It's so funny when people talk about, oh, I haven't got the confidence to wear a hat. But actually, the hat can do the talking for you. And you can just relax underneath it. That's what Isabella Blow did. That's what Anna Piaggi did. All the big hat wearers just think, okay, I'm going to put this thing on my head and then I can relax because I don't have to commute. That's going to do the communication for me. I don't have to. Some of the best things are born out of just sheer fun and enjoyment. And like, you know, I think there was a bunch of us that were out in like Copenhagen. We were sat around a table. We we're all there doing showrooms and stuff, just hustling basically, like trying to get our brands out there, trying to get our name out there. And like, you know, a lot of times you'd be sitting in bars or in like pubs or clubs and having these dinners and chatting and stuff. And there's one night we were all just busting jokes about like, you know, our dads, our uncles, our aunties, you know, our, the culture in comparison to the way we live. And, mm. you know, 419 came up amongst all of us. And it was just, it, it started off as this sort of like pun, like your 419 as in like, you know, like trying to like hustle out here, like trying to figure out a way into the system because, you know, the front door isn't, you know, it's, it's okay. never been, it's never been inviting for most of us. So <laughs> got to figure out other routes in. And that was kind of where, that's what gave birth to the idea. And I feel like there's definitely uh, a spirit or understanding of that meaning mm. that goes beyond Nigeria. And that, I think that's what's interesting that it's come from there and reaching beyond. And I think that's, that's really interesting. And also the fact that it's obviously like, not the most slightly negative, yeah. but it, it, it sheds light on mm -hmm. things that are going on because it's like, well, that's what happens when, you know, there's not a sort of economic outlet for people to do stuff. It's like they just turn to whatever they know, whatever they can get their hands on. It's like, look, if the government isn't supporting me, if the, you know, then we just got to support ourselves and do whatever we have to do to survive. And it's, you know, it sounds harsh, but it's not, it's not always that far away from the truth. Course director of the MA Fashion Programme at Central St Martins, Fabio Pires, is known within the university for his honesty. He talks about being responsible and prepared and changing the system by both breaking the rules and establishing new ones. By being themselves, by being honest, you know, there's a, there's a, sometimes there's a big divide between what you think or you can reason and uh, what you actually do or what your expectations are. And I think that, you know, a, a unity needs to be found. And it's easily said, it's much more difficult to do so because then by the time you finish education, then you reach a world that maybe has a setup that not necessarily 
succeeds in putting all this together. But I think the idea of practice, as academic as it sounds, and the idea of atelier and craftsmanship and not being pressurized into having these ridiculous collections of endless pieces and these ridiculous deliveries that, you know, everyone has accustomed themselves to, to respect. And even when you don't want to, you still feel the pressure of it. You know, like, uh, I'm, I'm always very concerned when, for instance, every year when the DMA students graduate, then suddenly you have buyers. And it's great to have buyers. At the same time, those buyers come with an attitude that is exactly the same as when they would go to a mega brand. And uh, very few actually understand that they need to have a, a, a level of support for a young designer. And, um, but if you want change, if we all want change, then we need to be brave enough to take the consequences of our actions and to actually be more, in a way, revolution, revolutionary. And uh, I know it's uh, very easily said from some, for somebody like me, you know, some 58-year-old person who sort of uh, uh, has maybe done it and, not, and, and has done something else. But, but I think it's very much you, you change the rules by changing, you change the system by changing the rules that you know, but also by sort of establishing your own rules. And I think we're getting there. I can see that happening more and more. Today, your artistic... In, uh, uh, expression has a lot of uh, consequences that you need to face and uh, and that's that's the big change but I think also this return to small I really like the idea of that the idea that not necessarily you need to be an industrial entity that not necessarily success is this mega pop star system even if that I think it will take us a while to actually understand that that's not the way it's going to work anymore. I think that, you know, the, the fact that we can redefine success, achievement. And going back to, the, to what I, I call the atelier, you know, the, the craft. Not necessarily you need to, to, uh, to sell hundreds of, uh, of dresses. You can sell 10, but they need to be the right 10. They need to have the value that justifies the fact that you can survive with 10 and not with with a hundred or with a thousand. So because I think that the, the, uh, what is defined to be the, the, the customer base or the audience is actually really varied and the higher you go, the more informed it is. And therefore it wants to buy something of meaning, of value, of artistic value, something that doesn't die within you know, the time you wear it. And if, and if that's the way they treat it, that's their problem, but it shouldn't be yours as a designer. You've been listening to Fashion at Central St. Martins, a co-production between Central St. Martins and In Talks With Productions. The narrators were Rosie Davenport, Owen Flynn and Vanessa O'Haha. The editors were Isabel Atkinson, Rosie Davenport, Rose Dodd, Owen Flynn, Bethany Ryder and Grace Sowerby. The theme tune is by Sam Anga. To find out more about fashion at Central St. Martins, check out our website and social accounts. Thanks for listening.